Hey, thanks so much for joining us for another episode of the Tree of Life Church podcast. It's our prayer that these messages help connect you to the life, love, and power of Jesus. I want to talk to some people today. I want to talk to the people that have been on the verge of giving up. I want to talk to the people who have thought about quitting. In fact, you might be thinking about quitting right now. Maybe you walked in here this morning. Maybe your prayer to God this morning was, God, if I don't hear a word from you today, I might call it quits. If you don't show up, if you don't answer this prayer today, God, I don't know how much longer I can take this. I want to talk to the person who's thought about walking out on your marriage. Who's talked about divorce and calling it quits. Maybe you're here in this room right now. And you've already had the discussion about divorce. I want to talk to you today. I want to talk to the person who's thought about ending your life. Been so overwhelmed by life itself. Been so overwhelmed by all of the things that are happening. It's like every time you try to catch a breath, you get hit again. I want to talk to you today. You've been on the verge of giving up. I want to talk to you because I've been there. And not only have I been there, God has done an amazing job of putting so many people in the Bible that have been there that we can use as an example. This last month or so, my wife and I, my beautiful wife right there sitting on the front row here. That's my boo thing right there, y'all. <laughs> past month has probably been one of the hardest months that we have ever endured in our 17 years of being together. And I got to a point during this time, and I'm going to be super transparent with you guys. I didn't even say this first service. I got to a point over this past month where my wife and I, we sat down and I told her, I said, babe, I don't know how much more I can take. It just feels like blow after blow. When I feel like I've finally gotten over one blow, here comes another one. I don't know how much I feel like I'm about to break. I don't know how much more I can take. And it's kind of where this message, not kind of, that's where this message was birthed out of. And I was asking the Lord after Pastor Don, you know, let us know that we were still going to continue preaching. I had nothing a couple weeks ago and up to about two weeks ago, I had nothing. I said, God, what is it that, that you will want me to speak to the people today? And I felt this thing rise in my, in my heart and my spirit because I was in this, in this moment, in this point. My message title today is, I almost gave up. That's the place that I was in. I almost gave up. I almost quit. I almost let go. I started questioning certain things. And, and, and I know that each of the pastors especially can, can attest to this, that there's been a, a time in all of our lives in ministry, we said, God, do I really need to be doing this? I could be doing something else right now. Do I really? I think, I want, I think, it's, I think it's my season is up. And it really isn't our season is up. We just, we're just a bit overwhelmed. Now, I've been in this place of feeling overwhelmed and I was having a conversation with my mom and my mom said this. She said, you know, son, God gives his greatest battles to his greatest warriors. And you can clap for that. But can I tell you, I ain't clap for that. I was like, Ma, I don't want to hear that right now. Like, I'm, 
I'm telling you I'm overwhelmed and you basically telling me that the battles is going to keep coming. I don't want to fight no more. Not anymore. No more. I don't want to fight no more. God, you could pick somebody else. I don't want to be a great warrior right now. I'm tired. God gives his greatest battles to his greatest warriors. But in the midst of uncertainty, in the middle of tough times, God encourages us and tells us that we're still supposed to walk by faith and not by what we see. The problem is, is that we get stuck in this, in the middle of this tension between what we see and what we believe. We're stuck in the middle of, I know that God can come through, but God hasn't come through. I know that God has shown up in the past, but I'm feeling a bit overwhelmed right here. We're stuck in the middle of this tension between what I see and what I believe. And sometimes what we see and what we believe don't line up. Most times, in fact, what we see and what we believe don't line up. Sometimes, in fact, what we see begins to overpower what we believe. We begin to start thinking more about what we see on the, ex, on, on the outside and it begins to overwhelm and overpower what we believe on the inside. But can I tell you, church, we have to begin to nurture and build a faith so big on the inside of us that it begins to supersede what we see. That it begins to overwhelm, in a sense, what we see. And I believe that's why God tells us that we have to walk by what we believe. What we see always has the potential to overwhelm us. But we have to have a faith on the inside of us so big that we don't get overwhelmed by what we see. But I've been in that place where I wanted to give up. I've been in that place where I wanted to quit. And in this moment, when I had this, this moment with God, if you will, and I told God, I don't know how much more I can take. The Holy Spirit reminded me of this scripture in Psalm chapter 27, verse 13. And David says, I would have lost heart. I would have fainted. I would have quit. I would have given up if I had not believed that I would see the goodness of God in the land of the living. I would have quit if I didn't believe that God was going to show up. But can I tell you, sometimes it's been hard to see. I know what God has said, but I'm so overwhelmed with life. I'm so overwhelmed with my own stuff. I'm so overwhelmed with the problems. And so it has clouded my ability to be able to see. And David says, that the only reason that I didn't faint, the only reason that I didn't give up, the only reason that I didn't quit was because there was a belief on the inside of me that was so big, I believed that I would see God's goodness. That's why I didn't give up. That's why I didn't quit. 
because my faith reminded me that when I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I don't have to fear evil because God is with me. I would have fainted. I would have lost heart. If I didn't believe that God would show up, we have to get to a place, guys, that what we see doesn't dictate what we believe, but our belief ultimately determines what we see. Let me say that again. We have to get to a place. We have to build our faith up to a place that what we see doesn't begin to determine our belief system, but what we believe and the faith that we have begins to produce what we see. I've got a perfect example of this in the scripture. In Mark chapter nine, verse 17. After this, or before this happens, Jesus takes the disciples with them on the mount. It's called the Mount of Transfiguration. And he transfigures in front of them and they had this great moment. Presence of God is there. It's amazing stuff is happening. And Peter says, oh man, it's so good for us to be here. I don't want to leave this place. And Jesus says, shut up, Peter. We're going back down here. <laughs> That's what he says in my translation. <laughs> and they come down from this mountain and they walk, and as they get to this place, there's a crowd of people surrounding the disciples. And Jesus walks up. He's like, what's going on here? We'll pick up here in verse 17. A man answered Jesus and said, teacher, I brought you my son who is possessed by a spirit that has robbed him of speech. Whenever it seizes him, it throws him to the ground. He foams at the mouth, gnashes his teeth, and becomes rigid. I asked your disciples to drive out the spirit, but Jesus, they could not. And Jesus responded, you unbelieving generation, how long shall I stay with you? You can tell Jesus is frustrated here. How long do I got to put up with you? Haven't you seen me do these things? Didn't I tell you that you can do some of these things too? How long do I got to put up with you? Bring the boy to me. They brought him to Jesus, and when the Spirit saw Jesus, it immediately threw the boy into convulsion. He fell to the ground and rolled around, foaming at the mouth. And Jesus asked the boy's father, how long has he been like this? The man responded, from childhood, he answered. We begin to get overwhelmed when we've been dealing with something for a long time. When we've been struggling with an issue for a long time, can you imagine what this dad is going through, what this dad is experiencing, that his boy has been dealing with this, 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 this spirit on the inside of him, this hurt, this pain. He's been dealing with this for so very long. I can imagine how many people he's asked for help. I can imagine how sometimes he may have felt hopeless. This is never going to change. We're talking about somebody else's boy, but imagine your kid. Imagine your son. Imagine your daughter dealing with this, this thing and you can do nothing about it. You want to fix it, but you can't. You want to take it away, but you can't. Imagine the desperation that this dad is in. And he brings his boy to the disciples who he believes should have been able to help him and they couldn't either. 
Jesus, taking about all that I can take. If you would, I just need you. If you could do anything, Jesus, I just need you to have pity on us. I need you to feel sorry for me, Jesus. I need you to help me. You've been dealing with issues in your marriage for a long time. This isn't something that just popped up. No, this is something that you've been dealing with over and over and over again. And you bring it back to the feet of Jesus and it feels like it doesn't change and you're overwhelmed. Jesus, is this ever going to be fixed? Is this thing ever going to turn around? I've been praying for my son, for my son who's been addicted to drugs or he's been addicted to whatever he's addicted to and I feel like it's not changing. God, I'm overwhelmed. Would you feel, please just feel sorry for me a bit. Just, just help me out here. I need help. I'm gonna tell you this in a point. Write this down. Don't be overwhelmed by your problem. Don't be overwhelmed by what you see. Because when you start to get overwhelmed by what you see, what you see begins to take over and it begins to mess with what you believe. Now, it doesn't necessarily change what you believe, but it begins to rock it a little bit. Do I really believe this thing that I say I believe? Do I really believe that Jesus can show up? Do I really believe that God can actually fix this? I've been dealing with it for so long and I've been trying to stand in faith for so long, but it still hasn't changed yet. Listen. Don't allow your problem to overwhelm you. It begins to start changing how we pray. We go from standing in this place of praying in faith and believing God till we get to this place now. God, if you would just, just have some pity on me. Would you feel sorry for me a little bit? Would you just help me? And now our prayers aren't faith-filled anymore. Now we're, God, I, if, if you could do anything, I know you're busy right now, God, but can you show up for me? I know I've, I've prayed for other people and you showed up in their life, but God, can you just show up for me? Can you help me out a little bit, God? And we've all prayed those prayers before. Would you just feel a little sorry for me? We all, all prayed that prayer. God, if you just get me out of this one. And the phone is ringing right now. It's the Holy Spirit calling you. If you just get me out of this moment of my phone ringing in the midst of the message, God, I promise I'll turn it on vibrate next time. <laughs> this man is praying to God for ass talking to Jesus. If you can do anything, Jesus, take pity on me. Help me out just a little bit. And Jesus responds in Mark 9, 23. He says, if you can, if you can, I feel like Jesus is like, you better put some respect on my name. Not with a T, with a K, some respect. And I ain't gonna say it no more. If you know where that came from, you need Jesus. <laughs> Everything is possible. You say, well, you know what it is. <laughs> I need Jesus too. I'm just. He says, everything is possible 
for one who believes. If you notice, Jesus didn't say everything is possible for me. He says everything is possible for one who believes. Can you imagine if this man got a hold of what Jesus was trying to tell him in this moment? What he's trying to let him know in this moment is that you can do it too. You don't need Jesus. You don't need me to show up. If you believe, you can do it too. You don't need to come and have pastor lay his hands on you. No, you're anointed as well. You can lay hands on yourself. You don't need to have a prayer group. You don't need to post it on Facebook and say, can all the prayer warriors, I just need some people, other people's faith to join in with me. And there's nothing wrong with that. But Jesus is saying, listen, everything is possible to one who believes. I don't need the faith of nobody else. I just need the faith of myself. That's all you need is your faith. Like Jesus told that woman, be it unto you according to your faith. Everything is possible to the one who believes. Then he says, the man responded to him and says, Jesus, I do believe. Help me overcome my unbelief. We've all been in that place before. I believe you, Jesus, because I've seen you show up before. I've seen you do it before. I've seen you step in right in the nick of time. I've seen you show up on my behalf. I've seen you work out things before, but God, help my unbelief. This man was overwhelmed because he's been dealing with this for so very long. And sometimes, write this down, the overwhelmingness of our problems begin to drain us of the energy and the power to keep believing. You've been getting beat down for so long. You've been getting hit with blow after blow for so long that it doesn't take your faith away, but it drains you of so much energy that it becomes hard to keep believing. Don't allow yourself to get overwhelmed. This man says, it's not that I don't believe. God, I just need a little help with my unbelief. I do believe, but help my unbelief. I know you can show up in my marriage, but I need you to help my unbelief. Everybody needs a little bit of help sometimes. Jesus heals the boy. They walk away and he comes back with the disciples and the disciples ask him, Jesus, why couldn't we cast it out? Why couldn't we do that? And Jesus responds, he says, listen, this thing, this kind only comes out by prayer. Another translation that says by prayer and fasting. And what I believe was that Jesus wasn't talking about the spirit coming out by prayer. Jesus was talking about their unbelief coming out by prayer. He wasn't even acknowledging the spirit. Why couldn't we do this, Jesus? Jesus said, it's because you were in unbelief. He had just told the man that everything is possible to the one who believes. So if this thing didn't happen, it was because the disciples might have been in a little bit of unbelief. Jesus says, the way you get rid of your unbelief 
Prayer. That kind of unbelief that you had to not see this mountain move, to not see this thing change, to not see that marriage, that relationship be restored. Listen, that kind of unbelief that you have, it only comes out by prayer because what happens is, is there's this divine exchange that happens when we bring everything to God in prayer. There's something that happens when I'm on my face before God. There's something that happens when I'm on my knees with my hands lifted up and surrender saying, God, listen, I need your help here. I am placing this at your feet. I'm laying this at your throne on the floor. God, I am casting my care before you. There's this exchange that happens when we bring things to God. Old song said, oh, what peace we often forfeit. And oh, what needless pain we bear. All because we do not carry everything to God in prayer. There is a peace that we miss out on in our lives when we don't bring it to God in prayer. There's needless pain. There is pain that we are experiencing, that you are experiencing in your life right now because you haven't brought it to God in prayer. When you bring it to him, you take your hands off and you place it in the hands of the Father. God, I believe, but help my unbelief. I believe God, but help my unbelief. The last few moments I wanna talk about. If I'm in this place of wanting to give up, if I'm in this place of wanting to quit, how do I keep from giving up? And I believe that the scripture gives us several people that help us understand that a little bit more. Point number one, you've got to know where your strength comes from. You have to know where your strength comes from. It doesn't come from yourself and your ability to handle a situation. I noticed that when I was go we were going through some, this, this little moment in our lives and I brought it to God and I felt like the Holy Spirit was saying, okay, when you're ready to give it to me, I'll take it. But I'll sit right here and just let you try to handle it yourself. I can do so much better, but I'm not gonna force you to give it to me. I'll just sit here and I'll wait. When you're ready to put it in my hands, I'm right here. And that's what God is saying to some of us today. Why don't you just put it in my hands? Listen, I can take care of it. Jesus said, take my yoke upon you. Listen, it's easy. My burden is light. What Jesus is telling us there is that you're carrying a weight that you aren't built to carry. Your shoulders aren't broad enough. You're not strong enough to carry that weight. If you give it to me, I'll carry it for you and I'll give you my yoke because that one, that's easy. My burden, listen, you can, help, you can handle that one. Let me handle yours. You got to know where your strength comes from. Asaph says this in Psalm chapter 73. He's going through a tough time in his life. He says, listen, my flesh and my heart might fail, but I know where my strength comes from. My God is the strength of my heart and he is my portion forever. 
My strength comes from God. And there's another scripture that we say all the time in Psalm 121. David says, I can look up to the mountains. Is that where my help comes from? Does my help come from my friend in another state when I call them and tell them that I need help? Does my help come from the government? Does my help come from my neighbor? Does my help come from my family? No, I know where my help comes from. My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and made earth, who knows everything about every single situation that I'm in. He knows everything. He already knows the end from the beginning. I'm struggling trying to get to the end and he's already there. The good thing about God is not only is he at the beginning and he's at the end, but he's right there in the middle too. You got to know where your strength comes from. Second thing, the second way that we keep from giving up is we have to have a word on the inside of us. Jeremiah is having this little fuss party with God. In Jeremiah chapter 20, verse 7, he says, you deceived me, God. And I was deceived. You overpowered me and I and prevailed. I am ridiculed all day long. Everyone mocks me. I'm doing what you told me to do. And people still talking about me. You told me that this was my assignment and I walked into it. You told me that I'm supposed to come off of my job and go and do this thing instead. And now people are talking about me. Now I'm being ridiculed. Now things are happening. God, did you really say for me to do this? Did you really tell me to walk out on this? I'm having this issue in my marriage and my spouse has stepped out on me and I decided to stay because God, I believe that you told me to stay here and now people are telling me that I'm stupid. Now people are telling me, oh, it's gonna happen again. Once a cheater, always a cheater. Now people are saying all of these things and making me feel bad because I follow what you told me to do. Have you been there before? Jeremiah says, I'm doing your will, God. Whenever I speak, I cry out, proclaiming violence and destruction. I say exactly what you want me to say, God. Verse 9, but if I say I will not mention your word or speak anymore in your name, listen what he says. When I get to the point where I'm saying that I'm going to give up, that I'm not going to do this thing anymore, when I get to that point, right on the edge of getting ready to give up, there's a word that comes on the inside of me, and it's like fire. A fire shut up in my bones. Jeremiah says, I've got a word on the inside of me that helps me to not give up, that helps me to not quit. Write this down. If you let God's promise drive you, then the problems won't drown you. Because I ain't got to tell you that the problems are drowning you right now. I don't have to tell you that life is overwhelming you right now. I don't have to tell you that. Nobody does. You already know it. But if you let God's promise drive you, if you let his promise that he was wounded for our transgressions and he was bruised for our iniquities, that the chastisement of our peace was upon him and with him by his stripes, we are, we were healed. If you let that promise drive you, 
then the diagnosis that you receive from the doctor won't drown you. And the fact that you, you've been dealing with this sickness, this disease, this thing over and over since childhood, if you will, like the story said, listen, you won't let it drown you when you have a promise that drives you. Because I know what God said. If you let the promise drive you, that God supplies all of your need according to his riches and glory. If you let the promise drive you, that when you bring all the tithe into the storehouse, God will open up windows of heaven and he'll pour out a blessing. You won't have room enough to receive. That means it's an overflowing blessing. It's not just for you, but it's for generations after you. Listen, if you let that promise drive you, then when they say your job is going away, that problem won't drown you. Because I have a word on the inside of me that's like fire and it's shut up in my bones. I believe Help my unbelief. You got to keep a word on the inside of you. You got to keep a word on the inside of you. Jeremiah said, if I say I want to quit, I can't. Because I've got a word that continues to drive me. And every time I want to give up, his word lifts me up. Because I realized that it's no longer, that it never was me holding on to God, but it was God who has always been holding on to me. Every time I thought about giving up, God was there. Every time I thought about walking out, God was there. Every time I thought about giving up and quitting, God was there. And I'm talking about myself right now. In the time when I almost destroyed my family, God was there. During the times when I had to go and give plasma and give blood so that I can get enough money just to feed my family, just to get a bottle, uh, a, a can of formula for my baby girl who was six, seven months old at the time, God was right there. When I didn't know how we were going to pay bills, how we were going to take care of things, God was there. You know what I didn't stop doing? I never stopped tithing. I never stopped tithing. And so my family is experiencing some of the things that we're, not some of, my family is experiencing the things that we're experiencing right now because we have always been faithful in our tithe. And I don't know what you believe about tithing. I don't know what theology you may have or what thoughts you may have. I tithe my time. Listen, I give my time too, but I give my money as well because I know that God is my provider. I can't just tithe my time because what I sow is what I'm going to reap. So if I sow time, I ain't going to get money back. We were faithful in our tithe. God has always made sure that we had everything. You've got to keep a word on the inside of you. April Simon says, if you put the word of God in you when you don't need it, then the word of God in you will come out of it when you do need it. We're not putting the word of God in us. We're not spending that time in prayer. We're not spending that time seeking the Father. And it don't have to be long. You ain't got to spend hours and hours reading your word. You can spend a couple minutes in the morning or in the middle of your day. Do it in the good times. 
in the years of surplus, when all the bills are paid and you got money in the account with a couple digits, it ain't got the negative sign in front of it. You ain't praying in tongues when you go to the grocery store and swipe that card. <laughs> Believing that it's going to say approved. And you're like, oh, great, God. Thank you, Jesus. Hey. You put the word of God in you when you don't need it. Then when you do need it, the word of God comes out of you. Last one, you got to keep your eyes forward talked about Asaph. We talked about the father. We've talked uh, about Jeremiah. This one might blow your mind a little bit. It's a person that thought about giving up. This person in Luke chapter 22, verse 42, he says, Father, if you are willing, take this cup from me. Know who that is? That's Jesus. Jesus said, I want to quit right now. I want to give up. I don't know if I can do this, God. I don't know if I can take this one. I've done a lot in these 30 plus years, but God, this one right here, I I think I've I've reached the end of what I can do. But there was a word on the inside of Jesus. There was a promise on the inside of him that gave him the strength to say, but it's not my will. It's not what I want to do. But God, it's your will that I want to be done. And watch what happened after Jesus made this declaration. After Jesus said, I'm going to follow your will. I'm not going to give up. Watch what happens in verse 43. An angel from heaven appeared to Jesus and strengthened him. Maybe this message is your angel from heaven. You've been in that place of wanting to give up and wanting to quit. And you've, throughout this message, you've made that decision. I'm going to hang in there. I'm going to give it one more try, God. Not my will, but your will be done. I'm going to keep going. I'm going to keep fighting. It's hurting right now, but I'm going to keep on pushing. Here's an angel coming to strengthen you. Now, I'm not saying I'm an angel. Sometimes I can't be, but sometimes I can't. But maybe this is your strength coming. But you want to know why Jesus was able to make this statement, to not give up. Because Jesus had his eyes forward. Look at this in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1 and 2. It says, therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up. And let us run with endurance the race God has set before us. We got to run with endurance this race. Jesus ran his race with endurance. How do we run our race with endurance? We do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus the champion who initiates and perfects our faith, who because of the joy that was awaiting him endured the cross. Jesus was able to endure what he was enduring in that moment. Jesus was able to not give up because there was something that he was looking forward to. There was a joy that was set before him 
that gave him the strength that he needed to take one more step. You got someone that knows what you're going through. You can read it on your own in Hebrews chapter four. It tells us that we have somebody not just just looking down on us. No, we have someone who knows exactly what we're experiencing, who knows exactly what we're going through. He was tempted just like we are in every single way, but he didn't sin. He didn't quit. He didn't give up. That's who you have to look to. It makes it a little bit easier when you got somebody that understands what you're going through. Don't you hate when somebody says, I know how you're feeling, and they have absolutely no idea? But Jesus says, I know exactly how you're feeling. And he knows exactly how you're feeling. He can empathize with you. Remember where your strength comes from. Keep a word on the inside of you. Last thing I'll say. Jesus was also able, and they didn't do a good job of it. Jesus had some people that were with him. And he asked them to pray for him, to pray with him. I can't carry this one by myself. I need your help. You've got to have somebody that can walk through life with you. You can't do it alone. That's why it's so important to be in small groups. You can't do life alone. That's why it's so important to surround people of faith around you. You cannot do life alone. Can I tell you that I would have given up I didn't have my wife to tell me, baby, you're the strongest man I know. You can do it. I'm right by your side. I've got your back. Makes it a little easier to carry that load when you realize that you're not carrying it alone. I encourage you, get in a small group. Don't do it by yourself. Get in a group. Remember where your strength comes from. Keep a word on the inside of you. Keep your eyes forward. That's how you're going to keep from giving up. Keep your eyes forward. You've got to have a why bigger than your why not. Keep your eyes forward forward. Every head bow, every eye closed. I'm going to ask you, please do not move in this moment. Please, please, please do not move in this moment. This is a very, very, very important moment in our, in our service. God has been working. God has been speaking. God has been creating this entire environment over the last hour and 15 minutes. He's been creating this time, this moment, this moment right here. It's literally the most important. And I need you. Do not move if you can. If you can. You probably brought someone here with you that needed this moment right here. We want to honor this moment. If you're here in this room or you're watching online, You've never accepted Christ as your Lord, as your Savior. I want to tell you something that Jesus, when he was praying to the Father and he says that I can't do this, not my will, but your will be done. 
When it said in Hebrews 12 that for the joy that was set before him, he was able to endure the cross. Listen, I want you to know if you've never accepted him as your Lord and as your Savior, you are the joy that was set before him. You are the reason that Jesus didn't quit. You are the reason that Jesus did not give up. You, this moment right here, this is exactly why Jesus said that I'm going to go through with this because there is going to be someone that needs to know that they have a Savior. Thanks again for joining us this week. We pray that this message encouraged and inspired you. If you want to find out how you can be a part of Tree of Life, just go to our website, treeoflifechurch.org. Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast and share it with a friend.